That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. I'm pretty proud of myself, guys. I just got through the intro and did it right. Hooray! Uh, it's almost like I've been doing this for four years. You had one job. <laughs> After the intro, Literally. I really don't do that much. <laughs> you do a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes. Uh, but last week, it was such a disaster. I was really worried about nailing it this time. But... Much like the Flyers, the preseason's coming to an end. I'm getting back in game shape as well. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Uh, so let's just get into this. Cause, well, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's Is happen- it, though? It's happening, guys. The season nears. It is... Uh, there were lines today, and people are freaking out about lines. I'm going to get into that in my hot take. But first, let's get into the intros. Joining us all the way from a time zone I did not know existed, Nova Scotia's own Kelly Hinkle. Yeah, it's true. I'm coming from the future, which means that the hockey season is closer here, which means that I'm more stressed out than you are. Oh, that's so. oh, the hockey season's yeah. closer. That's a bummer. <laughs> right? I'm incredibly sorry to hear the that. The disappointment <laughs> is an hour closer to you. Exactly. Actually, things all happen at the same time. Time is a flat circle or something. Uh, there you go, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, exactly. I actually had those uh, those beers that he drinks that whole time. Was when it I Lone was in, Star? Yeah, they were in Texas. I stopped at a gas Did station. Did you make little people out of them? No, no. Nah, I, you got to do that. I, had a bu- I was on like, the back of a car. I was like, there's no open container laws here. Just chugging these. It's Wait, great. are there really no open container laws? Yeah, like the whole South. They don't give a <laughs> shit. Like, it's awesome. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I'm going to take this time for, for a little plea here to, to fans watching preseason hockey. Now, I'm not saying that Brian Elliott is going to have a good season. But him not looking good in preseason is irrelevant. Because guess what? Most veterans don't look good in preseason. So it's possible that he sucks. But him sucking is not going to be because he was bad in preseason. Lots of players have bad preseasons, and then once the season starts, it looks fine. So don't worry about it. Uh, or or don't worry about it any more than you already were worrying prior to the preseason starting. Uh, that's I think that's the... that's. That's like the line there because if you were already like, ah, what does he have? It's not like he's reassured you at all. But no, if you were just like, oh, he'll be fine, and now he's not looking. But again, it's preseason. We see it all the time in like baseball. It's like, oh, well, the pitcher was just working on something, so we don't even know what it was. Like, who knows what his pregame? Re- I don't know. I'm not all. I like Brian Elliott, the man. I don't know about him as a goalie at this point. I'm not enthusiastic about what I think his season's... It's not like I've sat here and watched him and went, oh, no, we'll, we'll be fine in the however many games he plays. I'm worried about it, but not because of this game, because of what he's given us over the last two years. Well, I think it's totally fair to look at the way that he's playing in the preseason and say this isn't doesn't bode well for the regular season. See, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's relevant at all. I Because I just... I, do? I, I don't think that, like... like Lundqvist has a sub-900 save percentage. There's tons of goalies that are playing like shit in preseason that we can reasonably expect are going sure, to be good. Sure, but he also played like shit last preseason. And yeah, because he was hurt. Well. He was recovering from an injury. He's, well, not, re- he's not recovering from an injury this year. Allegedly. I mean, he's just kind of recovering. Well, now you're from... just conspiracy theory. I'm, I'm not... I, I'm just saying, I think it's completely reasonable to look at at his entire body of work, see that he's playing like shit in preseason, and be concerned. It's not so Charles. much the... Oh, go ahead, Steph. Kelly. I'm Kelly. Steph. Yeah, you're in front of me. I said Steph. I There's, know. We're two different people. You can tell now because we're not in the same room. <laughs> um, Charles, I just want to say welcome to the resistance. hey oh, I mean, I whatever. Brian Elliott is Brian <laughs> Elliott, and luckily Carter Hart is like going to almost certainly be the guy who gets the lion's share of the stars because I think he's better than Brian Elliott. I just don't like I'm just getting a lot of people in my in my comment section being like, 
do they have anybody else who can play instead of Brian Elliott? It's, no. They have Alex Lyon, who is probably worse than Brian Elliott. And then people are like, well, what about Felix Sandstrom? Felix Sandstrom hasn't played a game, a meaningful game in North America yet. No, he's not ready to jump in for Brian Elliott tomorrow. That's something I wanted to get to later. But, like, is it weird that Sandstrom didn't get any looks? I mean, or is it just because of what you saw in practice? He's you didn't... just behind guys. Okay. Like, not only is he behind the two guys that are starting, he's also behind Lyon, and he's also behind Barube. So, like, I there's only so many reps you yeah. can give goalies. Okay. That's the thing. Steph, let's just do Steph Driver. So, the Flyers are going to be on TV starting tonight, and I think that's cool and fun and good. And I'm very much looking forward to the antics of Nolan Patrick and Travis Konechny together. I... I'm super excited oh, about this. I'm I freaking I loved... Can't... 24-7 so much. Yeah. I can't I'm wait accepted. to watch it. Are we missing it completely because we're here recording? It's, Probably. It's on, it's on at 8. Um, so, yes. I may or may not have seen the episode. And Ooh. it's good. And it's good. Media advance. It's fun. I... Is there a lot of Travis Konechny and Nolan Patrick antics? There is very little Nolan Patrick. Fuck! Uh, there is some Travis Konechny. God damn it! It's it's not like I wouldn't say it's like a super exciting episode, but it's it's well done. It's well produced. Okay, uh, I would just, I would just like to take this time. You get like to... a glimpse of Nolan Patrick once, I believe. Oh, that's right. garbage! <laughs> I would just like to take this time to wish a very happy birthday to uh, my all-time favorite hockey player, Frank Bialowis. <laughs> Do you share a birthday? We forgot yes. to mention. I, it's I, thought, I really thought you were going to say to my all-time favorite person, me. Me, as well as my all-time least favorite. Hockey player Matt Carl. <laughs> well, it's good that you uh, share those we, we birthdays. All, yeah, it's, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in terms of uh, my hockey takes. Uh, Matt Do you Carl, have a Frank Bialowis jersey? I don't. Uh, I have this Phantoms jersey I got when I was in third grade and a season ticket holder yep. that I just never got personalized. All right. His autographs on it, but I do, it's not actually 29 Bialowis. We may need to get I, one I remember, for you. I remember last year when I was doing my list of free agents that I. Like would have been okay with the Flyers target. This was 2018. There were two guys who I was like interested in that had my birthday, and I remember one was Calvin DeHaan, and I don't remember the other one. Uh, I, but I was but, really hoping you were about to say I was thinking they could bring in Matt Carl on a PTO. <laughs> I don't have your birthday. I know. I, know, I, know. I just I can't remember who the second guy was, but Hold I know on, I remember DeHaan was one. I gotta look up my birthday. All right, so uh, where do we want to start here? Let's start with the roster. Cuts. I want to I want to start with what hockey players have my birthday is what I want to do. Go All right. No, let's start ahead. with the, <laughs> let's start let's start with the roster cuts. The uh, roster cuts. I, I want to start with German Rubstav, uh, Rubsov because Riley I, Nash. That was the other one. There you go. Hey. I like Riley. He's um, okay. I, Continue. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, the roster cuts. I don't know. They were a little surprising uh, in that first uh, the germ. I don't know. I felt like he deserved more of a look, especially with the Nolan Patrick situation. What what did we think about him uh, getting getting sent down before the Frosts and Farabees and Bunnamans of the world? Yeah, the thing with Frost is that he's like, hurt. So you yeah, can't like send I just I, I don't know if he would still be. Or he might be because he he has played well in his games, but the injury factor complicates things. Rubsov had a really good start. And they gave him that third game in four nights, and that was his weakest game. And I think that maybe got them thinking that he's not physically ready yet in terms of, you know, he hadn't checked all the boxes. That, I think, was the big box he needed to check, and he looked tired in and, that third game in four nights. And then the, the game he played this week, he was fine, but he wasn't especially noticeable. And I think he needed to be, to make up for the fact that he didn't pass the three games in four nights test, I think he needed to be really good in that game this week. And he wasn't. I mean, Albert Kubel was the more impressive guy on that line. He's the guy who I'm pissed they sent down. That that's where I wanted to go next. People, because Albert Kubel, I don't it, have we just gone with the Kubel now? I feel like it's switched. So it's weird. It's, so it's, it's no longer Kubel. Well, it's weird because so he apparently he apparently told the Flyers like like uh, announcers like JJ and them that it was Cubell last, last year. year and yeah. then like three years ago in camp his teammates were they nicknamed him Cube so like it clearly there's clearly something there but they give out a pronunciation guide in the preseason guide every year and in the pronunciation guide it was Cubell yeah so I, I don't know I, I don't know if he just changes his mind every year of how he wants his name to be is, pronounced. is this like a Nick Grossman so situation that like after six years he's like actually 
There's another N in there. <laughs> like, no, but that's, Who that's... was the other player that changed how their name was said? Sekera. Sekera. Oh, yeah. There's, 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 been, a there's been a couple. Andre Sekera. Um, Andre Sekera. Oh, yeah. that one annoyed me. There was yeah. someone on mm-hmm. the Penguins who was like, actually, yeah. it's the other way. I can't remember. But the, I wanted to get to Knack because that's we're going to call him NAK. Connor Sheary? Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, it was Sherry Sherry and Sheary. And Sheary. Yeah, it was yeah. like it, he alternated. But anyway, the Knack thing is what I wanted to get into, really. Um... I cannot believe they put everyone who was on waivers in the entire league cleared today, which included all the Flyers guys. Uh, f- uh, who was it? Him? What? Throw throw it to Kelly. I think Kelly. Oh, was. Kelly. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to ask Charlie about the germ. Um, Correct. I was wondering if he was more highly rated by people like us on Twitter than he was by the actual organization. Like maybe we overthought how much of a chance he had. No, I, I think he was very much involved, and I think it showed that he was very much involved by how hard they ran him that first week of preseason. Like, I don't think that was something that we invented. I think that was, if he wasn't legitimately in the running, they wouldn't have done the three games of four nights because they didn't do that to anyone else. That was a, we want to test you, and he just didn't fully pass the test. And after playing 14 games last year, it's worth testing. Okay, we know what this guy is skill-wise. We know what he brings, is he ready for the grind of the NHL after basically not playing last year? So I understand. Yeah, and that's pretty much what the quotes were yeah. today. That, you know, he missed most of last season. So getting some time in the AHL, not going to be a problem for him. But NAK, back to him, putting him on waivers. Um, it was a risk. He it cleared, was, but it, it was yeah, a risk. It was a risk, and I I think they have a better uh, idea than the general public of who covets who. Sure. And we always hear about the understanding, like, hey, everyone's trying to squeeze someone through, so if you steal, it's like the offer sheet thing. Unless you want it to happen to you, you don't do it to somebody else. And, you know, we all saw it happen to Dan Eek Martell last year, and we freaked out about that, and, you know, didn't Mark really... Alt was also yeah, claimed. Yeah, Mark Alt, but... Yeah. Uh, Chris, man, remember Chris that Porter? guy? I liked what I saw, and just in terms of what are they what they were looking for and the holes they're looking to fill in in the bottom six, I liked what I saw out of uh, Albe Kubel as well. But he's on the Phantoms now. Is this a surprise to anybody that he's 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 gone and we still have Farabee and Bunneman and Torensky and of course everyone's favorite Chris Stewart still here? I want to touch on that Chris Stewart thing. We'll get to um, it. I have the lines here. They had some line rushes today, and apparently Stewart was involved in them, so, you know. I mean, I... Aubrey Kubel's fine. I'm not really the right person to be talking about his his strengths because I've always just thought he's fine. He's a fine bottom sixer. He's fine. That's that's as far as I go with him. Yeah, I'm I'm significantly higher on Aubrey Kubel. Um because I think he drives play, and I think that's good. And I thought he had a good camp. But I had said this a couple times this summer, I have said it in my articles, that I don't think the organization is as high on him as I am, and as high on him as a lot of people in the the Flyers' Twittersphere. And I think this proved it. For, For whatever reason, the organization doesn't love the guy. And he's going to need to kind of catch a break I think to get a shot because they just don't they throw out things like consistency and you know after I, I thought maybe he was changing the man well, I thought maybe he was changing the perception because he he had a really good first game and Vigno basically said that Fletcher and Flair said it was the best game they saw him play he did it they all make you did exactly what they wanted him to do um which I mean fine I think he's had other very good games that maybe they didn't see. But again, this just comes down to like when you have an organization that is, that's this deep, there are going to be some guys that the guys upstairs just don't love. And I don't get the impression they love Aubrey Kubel. I thought he played well enough to make this team. I thought he was better than Bunneman. I thought he was better than Torinsky. I thought he was obviously better than Stewart. But for whatever reason, they don't particularly like him, at least in comparison to other guys in the organization. So it wasn't a major shock to me that he got sent down. I was annoyed because I think he's good and I think he's good enough right now to be a solid fourth liner in the NHL. Clearly the organization disagrees. So I wasn't surprised, but I was dismayed because I'd like for them to change their opinion of him. I mean he's better than Chris Stewart. Well yeah. So here's the thing with Chris Stewart. Right. I I really I address this on Twitter and I need to address it now to everybody listening as well. So this guy is on a PTO. 
He's got nowhere else to go. All of these players that are being reassigned are either going back to juniors or are going to the Phantoms, which they will play with for this season. They are getting involved with their team that they're going to spend a significant amount of the year with. Chris Stewart has nowhere else to go. He doesn't... If you cancel and terminate his contract, I mean, that's fine, but he's gone. And it, it doesn't... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to keep him here. It doesn't matter to cut him. But if the overall goal is to showcase him so that someone else may sign him, you're not going to terminate his contract before the end of preseason, before the end of training camp. Like it, it, it doesn't matter that he's still here. So I need everybody just take a breath on Chris Stewart still being here. It's okay. That's a great point, Steph. Like, he doesn't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, like you're sending you're sending the babies back to their homes where that, they're going to play. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I will I think um of everyone on PTOs, like Neuvert's hurt, so he got released. I think Matt Reed is and, still in Toronto, yeah, camp, think, but he has zero chance of making it. I think team. it's uh, I think it's Scotty Upshaw and Neuvert are like the only ones who have been let go of their PTO. I think everyone else in the freaking league on a PTO still with their team. Uh, is Andrew McDonald? Yeah, I, I mean, everyone else yeah, is still there. I think everyone else on a PTO is still with their team last I checked. It's... It just is what it is. There are still preseason games to be played. Yeah. And, yeah, like Steph said... There's nowhere else. Yeah. These other guys are going to other camps, joining their coaches, and he's he's here. And we still have this we still have this fight in the bottom six. Uh, if you're gonna push a guy like Torensky, if you're gonna push a guy like Bunnamum, Bun if you're gonna push a guy like Bunny Man, having the having the vet who's who he's in? Who they're in direct competition with makes the most sense, I would say. I think there are a couple of things at play here. Okay, number one, and this is important because it this may not end soon. So they're going to Europe. Yeah, and the way the European thing works is you're you are allowed to bring an extra goalie and have him not count against your roster. But everybody else that goes on the Europe trip has to be on the roster past October first. Okay. Has to be on the roster. The thing with Stewart is Stewart, because he's not under he's contract, he theoretically could go to Europe, still not have a contract, and just kind of be, be there in okay. case something That's goes. That's a free European trip. Like, yeah, why do I... you people want to <laughs> deprive him of a free trip to Europe? I, mean, I, I wouldn't turn that down. Live there last season. I'm just you know. saying. Oh, he lived in England. This is different. This is the good part. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so there's that. That that's something that has to be accounted for. But. I think really what this boils down to, and and you know, I think we we tend to frequent certain circles of Twitter, of course, and the circles of Twitter that we tend to frequent are insane. Well, well yes, yeah, well, but they're also well. very, 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 very anti Chris Stewart. Like, I don't know if there's anybody that regularly interacts with me that that is like thinks Chris Stewart is even remotely close to being an NHL player. But I want to want to say that like that's not the consensus. I my this is going to be a random story. I got a couple of shirts, like we took them to the dry cleaner before I went to the show. And my dry cleaner, who was a huge Flyers fan who I'm friends with, basically said, Chris Stewart's got to make this team. They need to have toughness. So, like, yes, the, the Twitter sphere that we frequent is very anti Chris Stewart. There's another contingent that's like, we need a guy who can fight and who can protect these kids. So, there's different ways to look at this, and we'll see how it plays out. I agree that he doesn't look like he can keep up. But if you're of the opinion that they that this team needs a protector of some sort, maybe he slips on. I don't know. We're going to get into that idea of a protector in just a second, but I'll tell you why I'm not freaking out about, even though I've been on the anti-Chris Stewart, you know, this has been my thing. Um, Kelly, I want to get your opinion on this. How excited are you that Joel Farabee, a.k.a. Joel Farabee, Frisbee. is still here? I mean, it's pretty great. Right? Be- yeah, because I mean, even though I am firmly in the Morgan Frost, I want Morgan Frost on this team, like, immediately. Um, obviously, him getting hurt throws a bit of a wrench in that. But Farabee is just really fun. It's hard to argue. I like the idea. And I've really liked, uh, we see the lines that come out today. It's Drew Couturier, Konechny, obviously okay. Uh, And this was from, I got these from Dave Isaac. Uh, JVR and Limblom alternating on the second line with Hayes and Voracek. Cool. And then Raffle, Lawton, Farabee. I like that the coach has. That's fun. All right, look, Raffle and Lawton, that's a third line. And Farabee, while we haven't seen the tangible offense yet, 
We know he can do the little things, too, and when the offense comes, it'll come, and then, boom, we have that skill there as well. I really like it. So it's not driving me nuts that we have a Torensky, Bunneman, Stewart line, as we see around the league. I get that we're all of the same mindset. I want the best hockey players. I don't care about role. I want the dudes who give us, hey, he's better at hockey than him. If they were to play one-on-one, like, you know, one guy would have the puck and the other wouldn't, and Stewart's probably the one who wouldn't. But as we see around the league, the co- co- coaches just think differently than we do. If we have Joel Farabee here and Stewart starts the year on the fourth line, I'm not going to go crazy about it. It's not going to be, it's not the most ideal setup. I doubt he'll play well enough to warrant being here. That's the other thing is I don't think it'll be that way on Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving. Um, or Canadian yeah, Thanksgiving. Maybe, maybe even Canadian Thanksgiving. So, like, I'm not rushing to freak the hell out about Stewart looking like he's going to factor in, at least in the early going. I just don't care. I really don't. Like, right now, I don't care. I'll care in December. I'm just so much more excited about... Well, see, here's the thing. I'm so much more excited about the young kids, but also, I don't know this regime enough um, to to say that I'll be mad if he's here in December. If he's here in December, if Chris Stewart gets a contract, number one... Yeah, I mean, that still is very up in the air. If he gets a contract, and if... He's playing ice time for this team in December. I mean, there's that's going to be a whole different conversation about just burning the Wells Fargo Center down. Sure. Go back three weeks. Did you ever think we would spend this much time on Chris Stewart? Yes, absolutely. Because people will, <laughs> people are losing their yeah, mind yeah. over this PTO. Yeah, it's yeah. not a fucking contract. Yeah, they've, they've decided that Chris Stewart is like the pivot point that's going to decide what they think about the Flyers going yeah. into the season. That well, that that is that is what has happened. It's because he's like the old regime personified. Like yes. he's all of the Hackstall year wrapped not, up in one play. But it's not a contract. Not yet. But, but no, 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 no. Right now. Right now today. <laughs> and from the time he was brought in on a PTO, it's not a contract. I understand. It's not a contract. I, Steph, I've already told you I agree with you. I know. I'm just I've I'm, already I'm, I'm reinforcing not I'm just saying contract. when I see Dave Isaac, who is in charge of making the lines, as we know, <laughs> uh, throw all your criticism at Dave Isaac. He doesn't listen, so it's fine. Um, maybe he does. I don't he know. Doesn't. I've never had he a conversation doesn't. with him. Uh, when we see these, but like one thing that does, I, I see JVR and Limblom alternating on that second line. I go, all right, so one of them moves down, and then everyone else moves down one, and then Chris Stewart, okay, he's out. So, But I, I, when I just see, all right, their line rushes. We've made several roster cuts now. We've trimmed it down several times, and the guy's still here. But as Steph has pointed out multiple times, it's not something to panic about yet. No, I didn't quite say that. I just said it's not a contract. It's not a con- no. I- and, and like, what did you want? Like, you look at these lines and pairs. They literally have thirteen healthy forwards, and the guys people who, wanted him released. The, That's what they wanted. The guys who are be- who are still in the running for spots are obviously going to be the guys who they're going to play on Thursday. I- like, there were people being like. Oh my God! Why isn't Oscar Limbaugh in the line? Because he's making the team. They don't need to see him anymore. Yeah, like <laughs> he's already a lock. We're this fine. Isn't, this isn't two years ago. This isn't December when we're playing the Cope guy over. <laughs> over I, I can't even uh, Latera. I couldn't even think. Oh of God! The Cope guy. The Cope. Where we're guy. playing him, who's bad, over Limbaugh, who's good. That's over with. I think Limbaugh is a part of this team. You know, it's not. Yeah. That There's anymore. no think. Yeah. He yeah, is. That, he's, he's, he's actually had a really good. I'm Never, I thought. Yeah. I'm never going to put anything past this organization, Steph. I'm never going to do I'm just saying, I, know, I think no, I very it. strongly yeah. things are this way. Let's move Has on. Has he lost weight, Limblom? Yes. yes, and he's faster. Like he, I can see it in his face yes. that he's lost weight. Uh, what do we like? But I'm in and he's faster. Hold on, I, I we're okay. skimming over that, so that's good. Yes, he definitely looks faster. Without Hell a doubt. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not he, he's not fast, but he definitely looks faster. My sunshine boy for a team that wants to Big play Oscar fast, fan. and if he wants for, to... for a guy that came into his. Uh, uh, um, yep, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, with his skating being a negative, yeah. like. You fucking go, Sunshine Boy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we move on to the, de- the to the defenseman, 
Torensky and Bunneman still being here. Like, I'm, I'm cool with it. It's fun. These are the kinds of guys who, oh, we have them on ELCs. It's awesome, and they're contributing, even if it's on our fourth line. Cool. What have we seen out of them? Are we liking them? Do we like the idea of them be- making up potentially two-thirds of our fourth line? I don't know. I mean, go ahead. How about, how about Torrens- it, Kelly? Yeah, Torrensky, I think, has looked better than I expected him to. And Same. also, he, he makes a case for being the toughness that Charlie said that people want on this team. Like he could be tough if we really need someone to be tough, which we don't, but he can do that. And then he can also like do hockey things, which Chris Stewart does not seem to be capable of doing. You see, my thing with Torinsky is this, it's that I worry he's just a really good camp player. Okay. Because he like, he had a shit draft plus two season in juniors where he really didn't. Well, actually, no, he had a pretty good draft plus two. He had a shit draft plus one. Plus he, had one a, yeah. he had a good draft plus two, but like it was it was it was good. He scored goals, but it wasn't like eye popping considering it was draft plus two. He comes into camp last last uh, September and he kills it. And you're like, man, you know, maybe this guy is better than than we all thought. And then he goes down to the HL and is just a dude. And then he comes, you know, he got a little bit better at the end of the year, but he wasn't really that much better. It's not like it clicked for him and he was dominant. He was just a bit better. And then he comes to camp this year, and he looks really good again. And you're like, okay, what's the real Carson Torinsky? Is it the guy from the 60-game sample in the AHL who didn't look close to being good enough to be in the NHL? Or is it the guy who's had two consecutive good camps? And for me, I'm more apt to say he's the guy from the minors. But I can't deny that for two straight Septembers, he's looked very good. And I think the people who don't follow the AHL are a lot higher on Carson Torinsky than the people who do. Like the people who just really watch the preseason and maybe development camp, and they're, that's the only time they really see the prospects, they're a lot higher on Carson Torinsky than people who kind of saw him sort of just spin his wheels a little bit in the AHL last year and just kind of look like a, a guy. Fine, but just the dude. So... I'm just skeptical he's actually good enough, but he has had a good camp, and Connor Bunneman has had a good camp. I just don't know I don't know how good these guys are. Because they're prospects and because they're unknowns, I have no problem with giving them a shot, but I just don't know how good they are, and I always worry this kind of brings us back to a guy who are probably gonna be talking about a little bit later, Robert Haig. You know, you worry about just because you draft and develop the guy and he becomes an NHLer, that doesn't mean he's going to be a good NHLer. And the way that these anchors get created is not necessarily because like you trade for them or you sign them. Sometimes you draft and develop them and people in the organization fall in love with them and then they stick around. And you just worry. I worry that guys like Torinsky and Bunneman. I mean, I, in my mind, I've already seen it because I think Albe Kubel is better than both and he got pushed out at the very least by Torinsky. And I think Albe Kubel is a more effective, definitely was a more effective AHL player. And I think he will be a more effective NHL player, but they like Torinsky. I hope that Carson Torinsky and Connor Bonneman, if one or both make the team, will be good players. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I'm just a little skeptical. They have to prove it to me. Whereas somebody like Albert Cubell, I would come in excited because I've seen enough of him to think that it's going to translate and he's going to be useful at the very least. I just love this depth. Like It's good. L- it's listen, good. As, as much as, oh, I, I want this guy over this guy, the fact that we could have some injuries, as we already do, and it we might not miss too much in the bottom six. Now, listen, if one of these top six forwards goes down, we're going to be missing something. But just in roster depth, I like what we have uh, at the bottom of the roster. I really like it. I think it's not. I think it's much improved from the, yep, Vandevelde. Playing 81 straight, like well, it's so much better than that. And you, while uh, the top of the top of top end talent is awesome, that depth where you're winning matchups when the third and fourth line are out against each other, and third and fourth lines, four, third and fourth lines that don't kill you when they're out against top sixes. I, I, I like what we've got. Well, Ron Hextall was an expert at drafting bottom six Incredible forwards. at it. Expert. Absolutely incredible at it. I want to see them come up now. I want to and move. It's, and it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad to have the depth that are actually good players, but they are, you know, bottom six bros. I want to move. Bottom six bros. <laughs> I want to move. Like a posse. <laughs> to the defense now. Um, and just, what's going on with Phil Myers? What is this? What is this nonsense with Phil Myers? Why doesn't he just look like Travis Sanheim? Just be good. Just be the man. Uh, Travis Sanheim is incredibly good. Yep. And, you know, I don't hate Matt Niskanen 
I don't either. I, I have been impressed with both Niskanen and Braun. I don't have an opinion about Braun yet, but I have actually said out loud, I don't hate Matt Niskanen. I think Braun might be what we were told Andrew McDonald is when he was like, no, he's actually bad. <laughs> I, I think I think he might be that. This uh, this Myers thing, though, man, I'm 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 not uh, worried about it. But what, what what's your take on? I'm it, a little Hanks? worried about it. I mean, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it in the sense that like, like I I think he makes the team and I think he plays this year. It's it's a little concerning to me that he's been given now two straight camps to really show his stuff and show that he's this great prospect. And both times he's kind of been not that good. Like at some point, at some point you need to show it. What was that, Kelly? He's, he's been good in games, but he's right? also been bad in games. Well, that's and just this idea of this unevenness. I know we all have our feelings about Robert Haig. One of us is higher on him than maybe the rest of us. But listen, I don't want him to make the team <laughs> no, either. I, 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 I know. I'm just like. Like Charlie was saying, with how these anchors develop, it's not always like, oh, well, we signed this guy to this contract, and it turns out, but he's here. Yeah, they're not so. Dale, all Dale Weiss's and Andrew yeah, McDonald's. But, like, Robert Haig is an NHL player because he's played in the NHL for two years, and Phil Myers has a, a cup of coffee in this league. So if both of them have been inconsistent in training camp, guess who's getting the job? The quote-unquote NHL player. Is that how it's turning out right now? I mean, at this point, at least based on the line combinations, it does seem like Haig might have the inside track. Now, I just, I feel like if Myers just needs to have that game, that's the thing that's really frustrating me is like, just have that one game where you look awesome. Like, I remember last year, Oscar Lindblom was in a lot of ways in a similar place as Phil Myers is this camp, where, where Oscar Limblom got the 20-ish game stand at the end of the previous year. Yeah. He looked good. He didn't look great, but he looked good. He got the cup of coffee, got a couple games in the playoffs, came into camp, and it was like, all right, dude, you got a spot. You could lose it, but like we are we are penciling you in. We could erase your name. We're penciling your name into this lineup. Now go out there and prove that you deserve it. And it took like one or two games, but finally Limblom just had this kick-ass game where he I think he scored like two goals and was the best player on the ice. And then it was just like, okay, he's an NHL player. We don't have to worry about him anymore. And Phil Myers just hasn't had that game. He's had moments. He's had good moments. But then he's had really bad moments. Like the last game they played, he had some really good plays. You know, shut down Marshan on a couple, yeah. couple tight plays. And then... He looks like utter crap on a two-on-one and then completely fumbles the puck at the blue line, which leads to the game-tying goal with time running out in, in the third period. And it's like, dude, this is your chance. What the hell are you doing, man? And... Uh- what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> I just I see these uh, I see these line and again this is from Isaac the line rushes today on defense. Charlie might have tweeted the same thing. I saw Isaac. Sorry, sorry. That whatever. Okay. I don't care. Uh, I <laughs> I'm, see, I'm not, I'm not all, taking notes here. All summer we talked. Oh, they have lefty righty. They have lefty righty. Finally, we're going lefty righty. All three pairs. Proverov and Sanheim at the top, two lefties. I'm like, son of a bitch! And listen, a couple of years ago, we were talking about how Sanheim was getting time on the right side in the AHL, and our all of our brains went, oh, well, Proverov plays the left, so if you're going to play him on the top pair, it's going to be on the right side. Boom, cool. But man, I because we've never had the lefty-righty thing, I wanted to see it, and now all of a sudden, Proverov, Sandheim, but then we get the Ghost and Braun, and they're lefty-righty, and then Haig Niskanen, lefty-righty, and then Moran Myers, lefty-righty, so we have it, but it's just that top pair, we don't have it, and it's, it's, but it's bumming okay. me out. It's okay, because they're too really good hockey players. They are. Yeah. And if these are the guys who lead the team in minutes, awesome. I just wanted to see this other thing first. I wanted to see that fail before we went to this. <laughs> well, can, can we, I mean, we might still see it that way. I know. It still could fail. You could still have failure in your future. It's okay. Yeah, I don't... Myers is making the team, by the way, so it's going to get back to I that. think he's making the team. I don't think he's going to the AHL. I just see him on a pair with Sam Moran, and I go... That's less than I thought. He might not, not be great. in the lineup yeah. for game one. Because they're going to carry AD. Well, it's, it's what it sounds like. So it's interesting. And I think we'll get to this a little bit later. The Flyers' cap situation is is a thing right now because yeah, primarily happen? because of the Nolan Patrick injury and all the uncertainty that goes with that. But the thing with Myers is that Myers does have, he's waiver exempt. So it's not totally insane. If Phil Myers isn't going to be in the starting lineup for game one, 
it's not crazy to think that just for cap purposes they could send him down to start the year. I don't I don't think he would be down long. Yeah, I, but but I could it could happen because the way they might look at it is okay. Robert Haig is in the starting lineup, so we're not waving him. Phil Myers isn't in the starting lineup. Neither is Sam Moran. But with Sam Moran, we got to pass him through waivers. So we're going to keep him. We're going to send Myers down for a bit, and then when we figure out this cap situation, we bring him back. We bring Myers back up. So I, if he doesn't make the team, I think that's why. Okay. I don't think it's because he's going to be down for a month. But I just want to prepare people that like that's not completely out of the realm of possibility if they decide Myers isn't going to play in game one. I think Nolan Patrick is also waivers exempt. He is, but you can't send a guy down until he's cleared. To play. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, o- the, only right. way, the only way that could play in, theoretically, and again, the Nolan Patrick situation is weird. If Nolan Patrick, let's say tomorrow, they tell Nolan Patrick, okay, you're cleared, you could play. But obviously, he hasn't played any preseason games, so they might be like, all right, you might be medically cleared, but we don't feel comfortable putting you in a game, so go down to the AHL, play a couple games, play yourself back into shape, and then we'll bring you back up to play in the NHL. Woof. That could happen. It could happen. I just People don't. People will lose their mind. But they can't, they can't send personally. him down until he's cleared to play. Yeah. We are going to yeah. take a break right here, and we're going to come back with more Nolan Patrick uh, talk on the other side. Okay, everybody, uh, that was a commercial for you. Hope you really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> As everyone loves our ads. They really love them when I like don't actually listen to the post game and just look for a break and place them in. <laughs> and they're like, you just put that in the middle of a thought. You like coughed. And then I was like, oh, there was a gap. I didn't think I had There was to an intentional cough. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. all fine. Yeah, all right. But I said we were going to talk about Nolan Patrick some more, and let's do that. Um, man. There is some competition here for that spot, and there's a lot of guys. Listen, Nolan Patrick is supposed to be head and shoulders above. I mean, we, we got him at two, and we got you know Morgan Frost 25 picks later, or whatever the hell it was. Um, you know, German Rubstov, he is what he is. People booed that pick where I was. I mean, it was in my buddy's uh, living room, but people booed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a representative sample necessarily, Group but anyway, song? yeah, Ruby, weren't you with us? Yeah, we were. Okay. It was the Sons of Pen thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I booted. I don't know what anyone else. Did. Um, I was crying but, over Jacob Chickering. Yeah, I, I'll just say like, there's a lot of guys who we thought more highly of, and at a certain point, what is Nolan Patrick? Do we know yet? Well, I don't. Do we know? I mean, I don't really want to no. rehash this debate. It's because not, not, because just, well, nothing has changed. Like we talked about this last week. Nothing has changed. He's not healthy. So, like, what? why are we going to have the same debate we had last week when all the situation is is that he's not healthy? If Nolan Patrick was healthy, he would be the no-doubt-about-a third-line center on this team like we expected. It's not like he got worse. It's just he's still not healthy. Okay. Yeah, but people are immediately ready to write him off for the season when, like, literally nothing has happened other than he's been injured. I'm not—it's not about getting worse or rehashing. I'm wondering— Say third line comes out and plays real well, and he's in the AHL getting back in the game shape. I don't think they'll send him to the AHL. They I, could, but I don't I'm think just, they will. These are hypotheticals I'm throwing out. At what like does does is Nolan Patrick so highly thought of in the organization that he has a spot automatically when yes. he's when he's healthy? Yes, I think so. Okay. I think so too. All yeah. right. I mean, the only guy, because what's probably going to happen, my assumption is Nolan Patrick is not going to be ready for game one. I think it's a fair assumption. And the fact that it's the Europe trip. Yeah, but but here's the thing. What's, what they're probably going to do in in you know in the wake of Nolan Patrick not being ready is they're probably going to bump Scott Lawton up the third line center. And the fact of the matter is, I like Scott Lawton a lot. I think he's a very useful player. Scott Lawton is not going to play so well that... If Nolan Patrick comes back and be like, "Sorry, dude, Scott Lawton took your job." Like Morgan Frost, that's more plausible to me. But he's hurt because too. of the upside. But he's, he's hurt yeah. too. Like Scott Lawton is who he is. He's a very useful player who's probably a great fourth liner and a decent third liner. Scott Lawton is not going to storm out of the gate with ten points in ten games. He's just not going to. All right. So no, when Nolan Patrick is healthy. He will probably take that position back. Now, when he's going to be healthy is a very good question, Mm. and we still don't have an update. And I think, you know, I understand why the Flyers are doing it. Like, I I understand, you know, it's protecting the player. Whatever this injury is, they don't want to reveal it probably because he doesn't want to reveal it. It's, you know, it's private medical things. They like to keep them under wraps. I do think that them not telling anyone anything 
is definitely sparking a lot of this frustration with Nolan Certainly. Patrick and the fans. Certainly. Like, if you if you flat out just told the fans, this is what's wrong with Nolan Patrick, he's working toward, towards getting healthy, I don't think there would be this much anger on social media towards Nolan Patrick as there's been over the last few weeks. Because it's just this idea of, like, what the fuck's he doing? Like, he's skating. He's golfing. Why ain't he playing? And I'm sure the injury is legit, but the Flyers won't tell anyone, so it lets everyone's imagination run wild. So he's not getting traded for Patrick Line. <laughs> oh, boy. No. <laughs> I think that's the easy answer. No. I mean, to me, the more interesting thing is how they're going to replace him for however long he's out. That, to me, is the more interesting because I haven't. Ch- it, this hasn't changed my opinion of Nolan Patrick aside from the fact that I want to see him back and I just don't know when he's going to be back. I'm eager to see him back as well. He has been skating, so there's a lot of people and being... And golfing, right? Well, he, he, I don't know. He golfed in the Flyers charity golf event. Oh, so it's not like he's just fucking no. off and going no. golfing no, 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 instead no, no. of practicing. I wasn't going exploring? there with it. I was going with like his shoulders probably not hurt because he was golfing, like that kind of thing. It still could be. I I don't know. I'll tell you. I, I, I don't know. It it it's not like he's not showing up. Like we're not seeing Elaine Vigneault quotes about him because he's there. Like he's yeah. skating. He's there. He's attending all team meetings and practices. I he's saw just him today. Not doing. He is alive. I can confirm. And and there's no <laughs> slings. I didn't or... see him skating. I saw him like as they opened. Was he the wearing lo- a walking? Well, it was like as, it was like as they were as they opened <laughs> the locker room door to like the private section of the locker room. Occasionally, you see guys walking within the the wet the archway, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, hey, that's Nolan Patrick. He's not dead. Not dead. <laughs> Kelly wants to know if he had a walking boot. He did on. not have a walking boot. He looked totally normal. Did but, you take a photo of him in, in the walking boot? I did not take a photo. <laughs> because, it's a, because it's an upper body injury, Charlie only took a picture of his knees. Of his knees, right. That, that's how it goes, right? I'm eager to see him back. to see him back because like, I, I will support the kid forever. Right. And I just want to see him I back. just badly need him. I mean... No greater gift has been dropped in the Flyers' lap than, than Nolan Patrick. I mean, he's second the overall one. pick without tearing everything down. It, they need it. Yeah, it, it's it solves. I mean, boom! You have three good lines if he's if he's what he's supposed to be. And if he's what he's supposed to be and what he can be, these are not just three good lines. These are three very strong lines. Yeah, especially um, if you get a guy like Farabee up. Yeah, and then and he's you know, still here. Fills out your top nine, and yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to me how they're going to deal with Patrick being out because like I would have loved to have seen I I thought this could have been, you know, Morgan Frost's opportunity to 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 start camp with the team, but now yes. that he's got this groin issue, it's like okay, well I guess he's not in it. So really, I think the Flyers have two realistic options here. Number one is what I said, which is just move Scott Lawton up to 3C and put him with, you know, JVR and either Farabee or Raffle, whoever gets that last spot in the top nine, whatever. Um, or you could do the Drew at center thing again, which please no. I I think is an option because they did they did play him at center one game this preseason. So they're clearly opening the door as like this is like our in case of emergency break glass thing. I don't want them to, but I don't think they've ruled it out. I just want Drew and Couturier yes, same. on the ice together every shift. I never want them to be apart. I want them to live together. <laughs> I want them to live together. <laughs> I, know, I just want them together. Uh, so we've got a little bit more uh, of an impression of Elaine Vigneault. Uh, how's everyone feeling about the new coach so far? I like him. What do you like about him? He's got a lot of personality, and I like that in a coach. Yeah, that's what I and love about him, too. We haven't had that for a while. Just that little clip of him after the game. Well... Not going to win with goaltending like that. Oh, and so just, oh, man. So I think, well, one thing I will say, and I believe this, uh, it's 7.52, so this uh, behind the glass thing is going to start soon. He actually comes off the best, I think, okay. out of anybody in the episode. He I'm, comes off very well. He said something about shitty goaltending, yeah. and it was caught on camera, and I liked that. <laughs> so that's yeah. how I feel about Elaine Pinot. So the thing I really... I. It's hard in preseason. It's hard in training camp because obviously you're going to be looking for reasons to like a guy when it's a new coach, especially when said coach came after a coach that everyone, generally speaking, didn't like. But one thing I did objectively like about Vigneault at this camp was the whole changing things up to make those cuts at the end of last week because the Flyers never got to that. The Flyers on Thursday 
played like dog shit yep. in a preseason. They 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 look like shit. I mean, they were a mess. They were discombobulated. They were guys not skating. Like it was a bad game. And when I wrote about it, I was like, look, like I know it's preseason, but you kind of want to see this thing trending upwards, and it's not. They're getting worse. And I really, really believe, hundred percent believe that. The Hackstall Hextall tandem would have just kept rolling. Would have been like, yeah, you know, well, it's preseason. We'll figure it out. Whatever. Elaine Vigneault was like, no, this shit ain't acceptable. We're not. We're, we're not playing with the kind of. We're not. We're not. Our trajectory is not going in the direction of us being ready for game one. So our original plan was we were going to make some cuts on Sunday or Monday, send some people home. I ain't dealing with the shit. We're cutting all the guys who have no chance of making the team, and I'm tell and I'm telling the vets, yay, you know what, you guys, you thought you were only going to play two games the rest of the way. You're playing four because you know what, you don't deserve to take breaks. And I love that because you know what, that's the type of shit that a veteran coach has the ability to do. Has the ability to basically be like, you know what, guys, you're not getting, you're you're not you're not doing shit. And I am going to make it clear that that's not acceptable. I don't think that was. I don't know if it wasn't done enough under Hacksaw, or if it, it just, wasn't. or if it just wasn't done effectively and wasn't communicated yes. effectively. But I, but Vino is very much like, no, this shit will not stand. And you know what happened? Saturday they played great, and Monday they played pretty well. The only reason why they lost that game was because Elliot played like shit. And I'll tell, like I like, love it, it had an impact on these players. I love this coach's candor right now. Like they asked him, "Well, since you're a veteran coach, like do you think the players it it, it resonates with them more?" Basically, and he's like, "Doesn't matter because this is the way it is." Yeah, like that I was lo- that was I great. love that he's that was great. Just to go back to a quote from before, uh, you know, everything before they even named a coach. This is a bias for action right here. Yeah. He's going to make things. He's going to not just sit back yes. and let things yes. happen, whether it's on or off the ice. He's saying, "No, we need to affect change here because it's not going the way it's it's supposed to be going." And I also loved um, him saying, "You know, the guys that don't like the teams that don't play anybody in the preseason. These are teams like, yeah, if you're the Blackhawks a couple years ago and you go to at least the final four every year and you've won three cups, you've played a shit ton of hockey. Yeah. So you're probably tired." This Flyers team is lucky to play six extra games every year. You shouldn't be out of gas. Yeah, I think loved it. I think it's something that we've we've talked about directly at times, indirectly at other times. Is this idea that everyone was just too damn comfortable? And I think part of it was just the the Hextall thing of like, well, no one's going to get traded. We're staying the course. We've got our plan. And not saying that that didn't have its positives because it did. But I think one of the one of the, the unintended consequences of that was that guys just got comfortable. And it was like, well, whatever I do, I'm not getting traded. I'm not, you know, aside, aside from like a couple young players who would get benched. But there just weren't a lot. And I don't I think in those cases, the, the, the punishments weren't communicated as well as they could have anyway. But I think there's just, there was just complacency set it with this team absolutely and i like the idea i really like that vino was willing to as early as preseason be like yo guys this shit ain't the way it used to be you guys have a bad preseason game yeah you vets that thought you were just going to kind of coast through camp yeah that ain't happening and that's listen you always have to strike a balance and some you do yeah like, absolutely do i need claude Giroux playing in the preseason i don't because i know what claude Giroux is but when and com- this year, he's got super dad energy. When it comes down to <laughs> it, he's the captain of the team, and he needs to be setting the tone. And as much as you know, everyone's an adult, and they need to motivate themselves, if he's out there busting his ass, that better be a message to everyone else. Like, it's not the way it used to be, and there's nothing I want more than things not to be the way they were the last few years. Yeah, well, Just I think— Top to bottom, I everything. Would, oh, God. I, I think the yeah. big thing is, though, that like guys like Drew, and I, I, I would now put Couturier into this group yeah. as well, like— I never worry about their effort. And Vino flat out said, it was like a couple days in camp, and he's like, you know, what's really good is that when your two best players are your two hardest working players in practice. I never worry about Claude Giroux or Sean Couturier dogging it. But I think they need help. And when I <laughs> say they but I'm not even talking about yeah, on yeah, the yeah. ice. What I'm saying is they are two guys who they're going to work their asses off, and they're going to expect that everyone else is going to look at them and Follow say, I want to be like them. But... 
that's not the way it's been. And I think they need help. You know, that was a big reason why Drew was so sad when they traded Simmons, because Simmons was willing to be that guy. If Vino is going to give them some help and be like, yo, guys, look at what they're doing, meet their standards, because Drew and Gaturier don't necessarily feel as comfortable saying that, that's good. And that's something that I believe is necessary. And I always wondered, like, that dynamic between, like, yes, we can throw Jake into that mix, too. When you're the best player, like, where is your place to be like, yeah, I know you're not as I'm not asking you to score 80 points. I'm asking you to freaking skate. (laughs) Use your feet, please. I I, I always, like, that dynamic, and it's different with a lot of guys, like, different leadership. I'm not saying anything's better than any other way, but the coach definitely needs, especially with the way things were, to step in. And I think he set that tone early, and I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of him. I talked myself into Elaine Vigneault early. After it became, after you guys talked me off the ledge over Quenville, he was never coming here. I get it. Okay, that's the way she goes. Got to adapt. <laughs> Got to adapt. Listen, it, all it does is add another team to your list, to your Ottawa list. Like, fuck the Panthers. <laughs> like, God. They just are so irrelevant. Like, well, they might not be anymore. Uh, we'll see. No, uh, I've decided they are. Okay. Okay. Right. I mean, I'd be fine if they're irrelevant. Do we, do we have time for the... Uh, yeah, we started late. We started, we started late, late because so Charlie was minutes. working out. So let's... Uh, Char- yeah, that I was <laughs> talking to my buddy in the dry cleaners, okay? Charlie, Charlie was Charlie at the gym. Was writing the outline. We get I'm, it! Like, working today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to some of the predictions, and I don't know if I want to go through the Stanley Cup. I think we can save that stuff for ice sport, but I'm interested in some of the reasoning for uh, for the uh, heart and all for all the uh, individual awards. Let's just start it off with the heart trophy. How we feel about that like last year we have Kucherov he is the best year uh that freaking lightning team as the best year since the freaking Red Wings of the 90s like what how do we think that's gonna go what is it gonna be someone from that stacked lightning team again how are we feeling about this uh I guess Steph go first no all right Kelly go first well I said Connor McDavid because it was an easy answer and I couldn't think that is the chalk pick um, yeah. Which I mean, maybe he probably will score the most points. Uh, yeah, he'll probably be really good on yeah. a terrible team. And again. Edmonton will probably be be shit again. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be a Tampa person, uh, just because I think. I mean, I love Nikita Kucherov, but I don't think he's going to score that many points again. It this would year. be, and I, like, <laughs> it's tough to nobody replicates a seat. That's a that's a once in a. If he does it again, we're talking. Oh man, is he like as good as McDavid? Like yeah, that's right. that's what it becomes yeah. at that point. Are uh, you are you ready for? Or you didn't even pick. Yeah, I'll, I'll make my pick, and it's not a pick that I think. Well, maybe the people at this table. Charlie's about it, to steal mine, but I think uh, I think people that listen might not love it. I am picking Crosby. Oh, gross. Because I think, well, my thing is that the Penguins aren't as good as they were before, and I think he's going to have to carry that team, and I think he will. That's We've seen Crosby adapt his his style of play. Like, hey, we're not scoring many. All of a sudden, I go from the guy who gets all the assists to a guy who scores 50. Like, we've seen him adapt his style of play based on what they have. I think that's a decent enough pick. Are you ready for mine? I am. Mitchie Marner. Okay. Oh, that oh he's so living good. up to the contract. Oh, Mitchie <laughs> Marner. It's going to be someone in Toronto and Mitchie Marner because Austin Matthews is now questionable in life. Um, Mitchie Marner, he's going to win the Hart Trophy. At Hanks? She already told she already, you. Yeah, she, told said, you she said McDavid. David, oh, you okay? Yeah, because learn to listen. I was reading my pick because I have all mine written down and I couldn't remember my reasoning. Uh, I am going off the board. I mean, it's a little bit off the board, but not really. Nathan McKinnon. Oh, yeah, I can say it. Over I the last it. two seasons, McKinnon has 196 points. He's only been outscored by McDavid and Kucherov, who've won two of the last three Hart yeah. trophies. I don't think yeah. it's out of the realm of possibility we get it out of McKinnon. Yeah, and, and if, uh, but Rantanen has to sign. Yeah, like, if, we if have Colorado, to get, yeah. if Colorado wins that division, I could see it. That's, and I, I don't think, think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think Colorado got a little better this offseason, so we'll see. We will see. I think they're a little deeper than they were. All right, let's go to the Calder Trophy now. <laughs> Kelly, you do realize he's not. Eligible. He's not. No, he, he Kelly put on the outline Carter Hart. He played too many. He, <laughs> he played, played too many games. games last year. Right? He played, ah, played over twenty five. Yeah, I think. it's twenty five. I think is the. Uh... Temi Panarin was forty seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> he was when he stole it from Shane Goss to spare. Listen, 
like Everyone's a thief. Lucky McDavid got hurt. Fucking thank thief. you, Brandon Manning, for doing that on purpose. Okay, so what what I'm rooting <laughs> for? Phil Myers. Okay, we'll go Phil Myers. Um, All right, there you go. Um, what I'm rooting for? I'm hoping this is how it plays out. I don't think it's necessarily going to play out this way. I'm hoping for a Calder battle between the Hughes brothers. Oh, that, I, oh, I, that I, would be I, fun. I want it to be Jack versus Quinn. That's fun. That's fun. Oh, that, that I would love. That I, like I will accept winning. a non-answer there. <laughs> That's a storyline that. Like the NHL isn't fun enough to do that. Yeah, but yeah. oh god, that would be like really, that, like really cool. Uh, I mean, Jack Hughes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't I'm have telling you. All right. So who did this, you pick, Bill? This player, he is the all-time leader in goals per game. Are you going to pick it? Like Ryan Paling. He played one game last year. I don't even know who that is. He played like, one game for the Habs last yeah. year. It was the last game of the season. He scored a hat trick, and then he also had the winner in a shootout. He's the greatest goal scorer of all time. It's going to be Ryan Paling. Bill, what I okay. love. Is that you? He played eleven twenty two and scored three goals. What I love is that you pick guys who like like he'll probably get the Ryan Donato treatment, and then you'll by by December you'll be like, yeah, that pick was great. Yeah, well, you know, and then Ryan Donato even finish a year on his team. You're all gonna talk about Jack Hughes. I know he's awesome. He's probably gonna win it. I missed out on drafting him in the the NHL fantasy draft that I'm doing right now by one fucking pick. The guy had four shots on, really only three shots on net. All three went in and. And then he went up in the shootout and scored again. I mean, that was against Columbus, and they were trying He's to make the playoffs. Really right? good, and I think it was Toronto. And he got picked two spots ahead. Oh, of Oh, they weren't. Cross. They weren't playing each other. Oh, never mind then. Fun fact: so, so he was playing uh, against a team that just didn't give yeah. a shit anymore because they had been in the playoffs since December. Okay, Fun cool, fact cool, about cool. Paling: he was picked twenty fifth overall in twenty seventeen. He's got three goals in one game. Leah Anderson, who the Rangers drafted seventh overall that year, three goals through 49 games in two seasons, LOL Rangers. Yeah, you're really great. Uh, <laughs> let's go with the Vezina. Okay. I think I, I know everyone's Vezina pick. Gibby. Oh, okay. Carter Hart. Yeah, I, I knew some, at least one person. I mean, do, 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 I mean do, it had do. to be done. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I forget. I I, swear, I, Carter Hart does not get a Vesna one single Vesna nomination this year. I'm lighting everything on fire. This studio, sorry Taylor, it's going up a blaze. I forget who I picked because I'm I'm trying to think back to the picks because we had to do these these selections for the athletics like beat writer voting deal thing. I think it was either I think I either picked Flurry or Frederick Anderson in Toronto. One of those two. I can't remember which. But I think those are the two guys I was down to. Flurry because I think Vegas is going to be very good this year in Toronto because Anderson has been consistently good. And yeah. one of these years, a Toronto hype, hype machine is going to get behind him. I am going with uh, Philip Grubauer because that's I think, a bold choice. I don't I hate think, it. I don't hate it. Uh, it's going to go to some like, yes, it could very well be um, Jesus. Now, uh, the goalie in Montreal, Gee, why, Price. Carey Price. Like, yeah, sure. It could just be him or Lundqvist or, or one of the guys. Or, yeah, yeah. That, like someone who's just awesome, Holtby. But it'll probably just go to the guy who has the crazy, stupid, inflated save percentage this year. And Grubauer is as good of a pick as anybody. And I like Colorado. So there you go. That's what I'm going with. How about the Norris Trophy, best defenseman. That's I a, pulled this one right out of my ass. What do you? What's yours? Klingberg. Okay. I, I would. Know, I would love to see pick, it. Uh, not. Uh, you know. Um, good so there's there's some backstory there in that yeah. since I'm no longer near enough to Charles to steal his really smart hockey thoughts, I am now stealing the really smart hockey thoughts of the hockey genius that I am living with. <laughs> there you go. He's oh. pretty high on Dallas. Um, Colton Perinko is my answer. Oh, interesting. I, yes. I actually, so interestingly enough, my pick is someone on the same team, but not Colin Pareko. I picked Alex, Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo yeah. with the cup yeah. now. That's gonna, that's my yeah. thing. I, I think Pareko the, also has a cup. Yeah, thank you. I know, but but Petrangelo is yeah. like the number Petrangelo's one. is older, so they're yeah. going to, it's, I, along the same but lines. But Pareko is handsomer. <laughs> actually, they both, shame. I'm sorry, they both have really good faces. <laughs> Petrangelo, I'm very sorry. Because we've decided that Norris is like a lifetime achievement award mostly in this league. That's um, my thought yeah, process with that's, Petrangelo. I'm along the same lines. I'm going with 
Roman Yossi. Uh, he's it. finished 5th, 5th, 11th, 7th, and 7th in the last five years in voting. Now Subban's out of the picture. He is no longer overshadowed by him or Suter or Weber. It's finally the Roman Yossi show. I think it's like, oh, you know who we've never given enough shine to? That guy I who five years ago it. was the most underrated player in the league. Yeah, I could see uh, it. I, Especially now that Subban's gone, now he's going to be taking center stage there. Yeah, that's I think with everyone out of the way finally. And listen, they still have a very good blue oh, yeah, line. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's they just grow them there. I don't know. They just I, they have a they have a farm and they grow yeah. defensemen. I don't know. Yossi, I but, could say. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I absolutely. think it's his turn for the lifetime achievement award. Selkie, Coots. It's Coots. gotta be. Yeah, it's gonna be Sean Couturier. Better be Sean Couturier. I um it's time. I would love to see Mark Stone get it, but I just don't Ew. think they're gonna give it to a winger. They're he just, got to finish second last yeah, year. Yeah, he finished second, so I think it's a possibility. He was my, so he was my top yeah, choice. I'm hedging my bets here, but I am going to go with, and Charlie already named him for his heart, I think, because, like, all right, you know, he's not the best player in the league anymore, but he's actually more valuable than ever, <laughs> Sidney Crosby. He's not going to have the heart trophy numbers, and, like, listen, he could very well put up 120 points this year. He's Sidney friggin' Crosby, and he could win the heart, like Charlie said, but I think it's going to be, like, that smart guy pick. Actually, you know who we've been underrating all these years is a two-way player? It's Crosby. I think that, like, most of my picks are always just reading the media more so than predicting how the year's going to go. Uh, I think Crosby is a great pick for the Selkie. Just because, oh, you know what? He's not McDavid. He's not Kucherov. But actually, he's the best player two ways now. He got some hype for the Selkie last year. Yeah. So we'll see if maybe that carries over. It's an interesting pick, but I, I, I really hope it's Couturier. And I'm just going to throw my Jack Adams out first. AV, baby. I really, oh. I think because they weren't they weren't a playoff team last year, and it's a team that like you can question the heart, you can question all of it about this team, and if they just show a different, if they just come out and play the way we think they're capable of, people are going to go, well, what's different? I mean, yeah, okay, they added a uh, they added Kevin Hayes, cool. They have Carter Hart, but we never, you know, we always underrate the goalies until after the fact. Yeah, it was Av. He turned this thing around, so I, I could mean, see it going is- that way. He is poised. Like, that is kind of like the way this trophy works, is it's the coach that turned a bad team around. Of course, so, every time. Yeah. Like, John yeah, Cooper so, had no shot, you know? Right. It's it's right. not a bad... It's, it I don't, nice. it's not a bad prediction. It could happen. I don't want to be the homer pick here. I just think it's an actual, yeah. like, it could really happen. Yeah, I, I'm kind of down to two people. Um, one who isn't that, like, turnaround guy, but I think would have a good narrative behind him. And the other as, like, my, you know, hey, this team could actually turn it around. So my my actual pick is Rob Brindamore because I think the Canes there are going to be go. really good again, and I think oh, that's going to be a nice narrative that, like, oh, my God, the Canes are taking the step to being, like, a really good team rather than just a story. And I think he could get a lot of support there. The other idea... I think Anaheim is going to be a lot better without Carlisle. So I'm saying Dallas Eakins. Oh, okay. Because I think you you take Randy Carlisle out of that team and you still have John Gibson, who I think is the best goalie in hockey. Like, I think even just competent coaching and that team could be a playoff team again. Did everyone make their pick? I agreed with you. Oh, okay. Uh, And now we're going to have a tiebreaker. Now, this is something we request every year, but someone out there listening, because we're never going to keep track. That's not what we do. We make predictions and then move on. Write it down and then uh, tell us who won. And this is our tiebreaker. In case it comes down to it, our tiebreaker is going to be first coach fired. All right? And now, uh, Hinkle, lead it off. Mike Babcock. Oh, that's that's spicy. That is spicy. spicy. Zesty. I mean, if if Toronto gets off to a slow start, I don't Oof. think he's going to have a very long leash. I don't think they would fire a midseason. I don't think they would either. I could see it after the season. That's if they don't get out of the first round, I see it. But that's a spicy one, it's and that's spicy. A, no one else is going to pick it. So that's that's good yeah. for tiebreaker status there. Yay. All right, I will go with Paul Maurice in Winnipeg. That's mine too. Damn, that All right, was well, my I, second I got it. Yeah, because I pick just someone else. I think that team's a mess, yeah. and I think they got a lot worse. Yeah. And I just feel like someone's going to have that to take the blame, and it's going to be him. That shit's coming apart at the seams. Yeah. I think it's going to be him. But I'll pick someone else. Charlie gets Paul Maurice. Who's in Edmonton? Oh, who they hire? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Know. All right. Well, let's just say the the coach in Edmonton. <laughs> I mean, they just EDM. hired him. <laughs> they just, they just hired him, but who's their GM? Holland. Exactly. No, Tippett. They hired Tippett. Oh, no, he's not going to get fired. Uh, No, he's he's not. Um, All right, so who is, what's my answer going to be? What's my answer going to be? Um, 
How, do you have one, Bill? I'm going to go torts because Maurice got taken. I think Columbus is just bad. Oh, okay. All right, that's not a bad answer. He could, he could they like bridges. him there, though. But they it, do like it's, him. I it's, just think it's about it's... his shelf life. Oh, all right. I, I, I've I'm got not one. I'm say fired. Like, it might be one of those mutual, like, and they'll, you know, he won't say he quit, but I don't know. I just think it's over there. They're going to start over. I think I, I think I know who you're going to pick. It's, it's, a good, it's a good choice if it's who I think. Who? I, I'm going to say Peter Lavillette. That's who I thought. Yeah. yeah. That's a good that, choice. He was, that, that could happen. He was up there for me, but I think that is. And after the season, sort of, oh yeah, we didn't do it again. I, I just think they're they're Slow a team start. that yeah they're a team that has designs on a cup, and if they're struggling, that's the jolt move. He got fired midway in Carolina, right? It possibly. wasn't. It wasn't an end of year. Well, he thing obviously there got fired him. midway in Philly. If yeah, you want to yeah, count yeah, three <laughs> games into the three year, games. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think. I, and it came to me as he I was, was saying for me. the shelf life yeah. for Tortorella because I think that he's just hitting the end of his. In I, Nashville. I could say it. I absolutely could say it. All right, everybody, that is it. Oh, that we is... got Stanley Cup. Uh, Stan, all right, who do we think is going to win the cup? Toronto. Same. I don't even know who I picked. Well, what, what's your cup final? Let's see the cup final. Dallas Leafs. Toronto and the Glitters. Okay, I'm doing Glitters and Tampa. Whoa, really? I'm, I'm really high on Vegas this year. Hell yes. I'm going to yeah. go Kane Stars. Ooh, that would be a, that'd be a spicy final. Yeah, yeah. I like it. All right. That all right. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Guys, I think that was a pretty decent first show with Kelly on the road. It's only going to get better. Uh, we're only going to get better at this, as you know. Uh, we've 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 gotten through situations before. This one, something we can easily get through. We've been to. through two near deaths yeah. on this show. <laughs> like We're going to be just... Fine. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Give us all those good reviews. Give us them five stars. My name is Bill Matz for Steph, for Kelly, for Charlie. Have a great week, everybody.